Thank you for listening to this message from the Northgate. like how important or a security blanket a table is or a pulpit in front of you speaking it's it's and even though I walk when I talk like it's a security blanket like my goodness like it's crazy the type of security blanket to have yeah yeah it has I I feel really weird right now just to be honest with you so Justin's like you want me to bring it over and I'm like no I'll be all right because if I bring it over then we'll be up here for another two hours so Lita's like, oh my, you almost cussed in church again. She almost cussed right there. I saw it almost, it was either she was about to pray in the Holy Ghost or cuss. Something was coming off her lips. It was a stammering tongue of, or something. So, hey, I, I know I told you guys to put some scripture text up, but I want to put a different scripture text up, and then I want to go into, I still want to stay in Romans 12, but I want you to put Romans 12, 1 and Romans 12, 2 up, and then we'll go into Romans 12, where I asked you guys before. And this will make sense to what we're doing here tonight. And what I want everybody to begin to understand is we have to get a deep revelation. We have to get a deep revelation of the word relationship. I've talked a lot lately about relationships. I talk about the word relationship. I talked about the word friendship. And I talked about the word covenant family. And there is a difference in relationship. And a lot of times we call friendships friendships that are actually relationships a relationship is being in the same place at the same time doing something that's what a relationship is it's an acquaintance i could be on a highway going two separate directions but be in the same place at the same time driving and that is a relationship even though at some point we won't be in relationship anymore because we're going in two separate directions and then a friendship that we sometimes call family that is actually just a friendship is something that has an emotional attachment. We have the same interests. We have the same likes. We're doing the same things. It's called fishing buddies or golfing buddies or hunting buddies. Okay? And so in that, we miss the fact of what family is and what covenant family is. See, from the root word of covenant, we understand vows. We understand exchange. And if you understand this, if you start calling friendships family, you're going to get your heart broke. Why are you going to get your heart broke? Because there's going to come a day where somebody's sowing in so much and the other person isn't exchanging their vows. And when offense comes because it comes because I shared vows with this young lady and how can I be married to her for 17 years? Because there's an equal amount of exchange in our covenant. There's an equal amount of exchange in our family. And so when rough times come, we don't separate and walk away from each other because we're both equally invested. And the moment that you find yourself in a friendship of liking the same things but not having an equal pour in, when offense comes and troubled waters comes, the one that doesn't pour in can walk away easy because they didn't pour in. There was no investment. So pay close attention to the people who invest and honor in your life. Because inside of that, those are the people that you want to hold dear. And what I want you to understand about honor is that God so loved the world that every year we celebrate the birth of his son. We celebrate the father sending his son, giving us something in an exchange that would create us as covenant family. What did he give us? He gave us love. He gave us unconditional love. He said, I'll give you a prince of peace. I'll give you something 
that is unmeasurable. I'll give you something that will change your life. I will show you that everybody up to this point has a relationship with religion, but not a relationship with me. See, up till Jesus came, we understood God through a relationship of rules. And too many times inside of religion, we'll have a relationship with rules and not a relationship with God. And when you learn to have a relationship with God, which is love, and you can love God and learn how to love yourself, you'll learn how to love others. And when you learn how to love others, you'll understand how God loves you, that when you mess up, he doesn't want to just throw you away. To the very point that he loves you so much that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but through him the world might be saved. And when you see that word saved in the Greek, it means have security. God didn't condemn you that you would just be safe. God condemned you so that you would be secure. Secure in what? That the love that he gave his son for us that when we receive that love, we can now understand that we have received a love that no matter what kind of sin, no matter what kind of mistake, no matter what kind of mess up, God loved me so much, he sent his son to die for me. So if I understand that love, then I will lay down my life for anybody else. And there's no greater love than a man who lays down his life for his friends. And you can't find that in rules. And so God knew that in literally in the Old Testament, God knew that people had a relationship with the rules called the Ten Commandments. And he never sent those rules, those standards, those boundaries, so that you could have a relationship with rules in fear. He wanted you to have a relationship with God in love. And so in that, right now, the trumpeting message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not get your act together so you don't go to hell. It's understand God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you, which was the message the whole time. But when we understood that message wasn't working and we could manipulate fear, we used that one the same way they did in the Old Testament. You better follow the Ten Commandments. And I'm not telling you to follow the Ten Commandments. I'm telling you, get on your knees and pray and hear the voice of love. Speak to your life. Hear God speak to your life. And when love starts speaking, it messes up the ideas and opinions of the world. That's why Paul writes this in Romans 12.1. He said, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to love. Why did I say love right there? Because the Bible says God is love. So I ask you to surrender yourself to love, which would be surrender yourself to patience, kindness, and goodness. Surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all the delights his, that his heart has for us. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. I want you guys to see this right here. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of this world. See, this is going to make a lot of sense here in a minute. Because why would a body of believers come together, take up an offering and buy a cello for a young girl that played it here tonight? Because I'm about investing in the lives with honor and love of the next generation. That when I have something that you have need of, I have to open the door in love and pay it forward. Christmas pay it forward should not be a one time a year. It should be an everyday way of life. 
And I'm telling you, when you start to pay it forward around the holidays, don't you come alive. Don't you just explode on the inside when you buy somebody's coffee, you buy somebody's meal, or you pick up somebody's tab, or you pay somebody's layaway. All these different things that we do at the Christmas time was not just to do in the time of the season of the birth of Christ. Jesus came, so that would be a way of life. And I'm telling you, when you get people that start operating in a degree of love and not a degree of rules, when we get past the rules, we get past the ideas and opinions of a culture that says you have to do it like this. Because when Jesus stepped in, he said, I'll flip the whole script of what the Ten Commandments told you. And I'll take the first five commandments and show you that's about loving my father. And I'll show you the second five commandments is about loving your neighbor. And the whole thing wasn't about rules. It was about love the whole time. So stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Now watch this. What is that satisfying life? I'm going to show you. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad we got our Bibles open. Go with me to Romans 12, verse 9. Love is the answer. So let the inner movement of my heart always be to love one another. Never play the role of an actor wearing two masks. What does that mean? You act one way when you're in front of somebody and act a different way when you're not around them. It comes to agree that I operate in a degree of love every day the same way, whether you're around me or not around me. We have to understand that love is the key that unlocks every bit of our future. And love will be a key that we hold, and that key will actually be called honor. And when we operate in a degree of honor, it's not in a way of prostitution or even selling something. It's an opportunity to give so that I can expand the life of someone else. See, because when we begin to love somebody, I'm not looking to receive anything. I'm looking to make you grow. When I honor and love correctly, I'm not looking for anything to receive for myself. I'm looking for you to become everything that you need to be. Because if you actually become who you're supposed to be in the earth, then I'll actually benefit more from you becoming the real you in love than me ever using you. Anybody in the room ever been used by somebody that they thought loved them? But realize when rough waters came, they just ran away. Am I talking to some people here? Because Jesus came to mend all that. That baby in the manger came to show us what real relationship looked like. And it should be pure. And it should be innocent. And we should be able to wrap it tightly and hold it closely to us. Every relationship should have proximity. It should have closeness. God shows us that with his son so that we can, through his son, love others the way he loves us. This whole thing is about love and will always will be. Love is patient. It is kind. It keeps no records of wrongs. It's not proud or puffed up. It doesn't search out for just its own well-being, but love searches for the well-being of others. Love extends, it has no boundaries. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believer as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves. Try to outdo yourself. If you feel stuck, you know what you need to do? Honor. 
If you feel stuck in life and you're like, man, I feel like I'm going nowhere, then somewhere God put somebody in your path that he wanted you to honor big. And then when that person honors you, it should become a ripple effect of honor. Could you imagine if we have a ripple effect and a crossfire of honor happening all over the earth? Can you imagine the people that have loved you, have called you, have texted you, have checked up on you, have given you something when you had nothing? Imagine when you start repaying that forward, what that will do to the earth, that will change the world. That's why God gave his son. Giving unlocks transformation in the earth. Be devoted to tender, loving your fellow believer as one member of a family, of a family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor to one another. Right here I have a check. God's timing is perfect. I told you there was a time in here and I love that we got feedback. People, Ian, what, I can't believe you're taking people's hard-earned money and buying a girl a cello. <laughs> To your Google review, to your Facebook, the confidence I saw in that young lady today, I watched her come alive and play with the worship team because she can hear music and she can feel music and she's a part of music. And when she's alive, her mom and dad's alive. And she's a part of this family. And if she's a part of this family, listen, then we need to understand that I and every one of us have a responsibility like you did to outdo ourselves with honor. And when a need, because we got to quit making needs about just poor people. Come on, we, we, you have to stop. You have to stop with the need is just, listen, I understand that. That's why we created welfare. We biblically created welfare for people that are in need and poor. I had somebody come to me one time and say, I need food. I said, food is the easiest thing to get in America. You just won't lower your pride to go get it. Now, this is true. This is true. And I'm not, I, listen, I did welfare. I'm not, the Lord took me down that road so that I can honor and respect people that have to walk that path. I walked your path. I walked your path. I sat in that office for hours. I saw the people that were in there, and I'm like, God, what am I doing? I'm a hard worker. And it was actually when I first started in the ministry. When I first started in ministry, we couldn't afford formula. We couldn't afford diapers. We couldn't afford anything. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm receiving a call for other people to come in contact with the love of God. And God said, if you're going to be able to help some people, you're going to have to walk a mile in their shoes. So some of you that are going through some things, you need to understand it's not going to last forever. God's just wanting you to walk through some things so you can show some other people how to get through some things. Y'all tracking with me? So in this place, there are times where we sow into needs. We sow, and the need may be the future of somebody being unlocked. It may be somebody's rent being paid. It may be a hotel room for somebody that's being abused. It may be some kid's sports scholarship being paid for. It may be a kid who can't afford their athletic fees. We sow into all kinds of stuff, and our roots are expanding everywhere. But there are times where we sowed into Chloe's softball future, and we sowed into Ryland's future with music, and we've sowed into other kids, and today we get to do the same thing in a right timing, in a perfect moment, and an honor Sunday. We get to honor a future of a young man who we have prayed for his legacy farm. We've prayed that God extend anything that his family's done up to here. And over the past several months, there were times 
that I wanted to do it here, but the whole family couldn't be here. And I wanted to do it here, and the whole family couldn't be here. But tonight, the whole family's here. And tonight, we get to take the moment on Honor Sunday. Because I will not be a man that lies from this pulpit. I may be when I say I'm going to end a sermon. Lead up. It's the only time I'll lie. I'm, I'm closing up. I, I'm, it's my first. I'm closing up right now, Lita. I'm going to wrap this thing up in about 30 minutes. But months ago, I made a statement when a young man raised a hog for the first time ever. And I kept my end of the bargain when I bought the meat, and I've ate the meat, and the meat is good. And I'm thankful that Jesus sanctified pork. <laughs> Love bacon. Oh, mighty God. Felt the Holy Ghost. Bacon-wrapped jalapenos. Can somebody... Baconator. See, I can go all day about bacon like Forrest Gump went about shrimp. Bacon, baked kebabs, grilled bacon, fried bacon. I can go all day about bacon, green beans. I can go bacon all day. Bacon, my mom is from Virginia. Bacon was in everything in my childhood. Look at my father. Yes, hallelujah. Praise God. Bacon was in everything. We even like lathered our biscuits with bacon. We just bacon everything. And so I, I bought my portion of the hog, but we needed a double portion into his farm. So what I'm about to give him is not for now. It's seed for his future. It goes into his bank account. It goes, and this is why we teach our kids to prepare for the future. But what better time than on Honor Sunday than now for Coulter Biltz to come and receive his honor for raising his hog. Stella, your time will come. <laughs> Coulter, come up here, buddy. That's for his farm, that's for his family, that's for his wife, that's for his children. It's the beginning phases of who he is in the earth. And if you want to know sometimes where your money goes, what money you just put in here tonight is going right here into this man, into the Biltz family legacy and the Knopf family legacy. Will you honor Coulter tonight? And I don't, I don't say this lightly in one bit, but I understand the great cloud of witnesses and the people that need to be in this room are in this room tonight. And I know grandma is super, super, super proud of you. And that's her legacy and that's your legacy, young man. You hear me? Yeah. See, Bridget just passed away a couple months ago, or if not a month ago, which means she served in that nursery, which means she served a part of the care team. And I don't have cookies, and I don't have awards over there for Bridget, but I can sow seed into her future. Because that boy's love for agriculture comes from that woman. And what greater way for me to honor the legacy of Bridget Knopf on Honor Sunday than to sow into her grandchild. Amen? So, I want us to go to this because this is what's happening right now. 
enthusiasm looks like this. The hand claps for the kids. The excitement in worship. The sowing into the legacy of the next generation. When you begin to honor, if you're lacking passion, go back to verse 10 so I can put, tie all this together. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect, respect, and honor of one another. Watch. Go to verse 11. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion towards Him boiling hot, radiant with the glow of the Holy Spirit, and let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. How do you keep your life? Keep it up there. How do you keep your life enthusiastic, passionate, and boiling hot? Is it from, did it say, make sure you read your Bible every day, make sure you pray every day, make sure you listen to worship music every day? It didn't. How you stay radiant hot is honor and servanthood. If you find yourself in a cold state with God, if you find yourself, ah, I'm not going to church anymore, not going to prayer meetings, this thing isn't working, it's because you stopped honoring and serving somewhere. And the moment you flip that, I'm telling you, with one seed of honor, with one seed of servanthood, with one seed of respect, with one seed towards your fellow believer. Why? Because God is the head of a body. And we have been a divided body for too long because we put more emphasis on building a church rather than building one another up. And building one another up is building the church. We spent more emphasis on paint, on chairs, on stage, on lights, on smokes, on production, on marketing. And yes, all of that stuff will get the attention of people who crave to want to be consumed like a Walmart retail store, but somebody who wants to understand that I have a future and a hope. You get tired of being entertained. You get tired. Yes, listen, when I got cancer, I don't want entertainment. When I got diabetes to deal with, I don't want entertainment. When I've got a drug addiction that somebody can't break, I don't want entertainment. I need the power of the Holy Ghost, and I need somebody to pray and break through on my behalf. How do we become those people that can break through for somebody? Stay passionate. Stay in love. How do you stay in love? Honor. Every time I walk any couple through divorce, the first thing I say is you stopped honoring each other. What's the first thing we do in stopping honor? Your language changed. She went from she's beautiful. You're everything God gave me. You're my best friend. Yada, I could shower, then all of a sudden that language shifts and she becomes meaningless and she becomes nothing to me. I'm using my own wife. She becomes nothing to me. My honor changes. See, when you start pulling away from God, you don't start disrespecting God. You know, you start disrespecting the people He put around you. And the Bible says to give thanks for the, God put, the people God put in your life. You start disrespecting the very people that God ordained our paths to cross for a reason. So understand that when you wake up tomorrow, honoring your house first, then start realizing, who do I do life with? Because when I honor them, go to verse 12. 
Hope will burst forth. Hope will burst forth within you. It'd be pretty awesome if we don't have a bunch of Eeyores walking around. Oh, you know who's president. Oh, Joe Biden. All those gas prices, all my tax return. Yeah, but some of y'all need to go talk to grandma from World War II. Some of y'all need to go talk to a generation of Vietnam. Some of y'all need to go talk to a generation of race wars and riots. And I ain't talking about the ones we had last year in the presidential election. I'm talking about Martin Luther King Jr. walked into Selma. We got it good, people. We got it good. Northgate, we got it real good. We used to be in a gym with no padded chairs and bleachers, an old stinky gym floor, old cold toilets. <laughs> Have to set up and tear down. Listen, some of y'all don't know, every service set up and tear down. Every service. And back then, some of y'all don't know, we had service every night. You think I'm out of control now, Lita? You should have been with me 10 years ago. You better thank God. You better thank Jesus. You better thank Jesus. Somebody tell her, thank God she don't know Nazarite, Jimmy. I didn't get haircuts back then either. <laughs> I want you to think about it. What happens if we... Leave this moment right here. And forget New Year's resolutions. I'm telling you what this thing. Let hope burst forth. Let hope burst forth in so that you're releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble. But commune with God who loves you at all times. Take every, every struggle to God in prayer. And when you can't figure it out with you and Jesus, take a moment. Be like, who did he put in my life that would pray with me, not complain? Who did he put in my life that we could pray together and be lifted up and be encouraged? Because I'm telling you, our apostle says it easily like this. Proximity fixes everything when nothing else can. That is first proximity to God. And then it's proximity to the people that truly love you. How do I find out who those people are? I told you in the beginning. They're the people that are willing to pour into you. They're willing to stop everything for you. Now I'm asking you, do that for them. And as we do that for each other, now we create what I read in the beginning, a culture. A culture of love, respect, and honor. And you know what that conflicts with? Romans 12.1. The ideas and opinions of the culture of this world. Because this world triumphs over disrespect. They triumph over dishonor. Social media and media loves to air everybody's dirty laundry. So run as far away from that stuff and find a people of honor. Let your house become a people of honor. Let your family become a people of honor so we can change the world that we live in one family at a time, one person at a time. When I first came into the ministry, 
I preached awakening, revival, and reformation. I'm still preaching awakening, revival, and reformation. But here's what I realized. It wasn't jamming as many people in a building and having them be awakened. It's getting people in a relationship and having a place of exchange. And that exchange first has to happen between me and Tina. Then it has to happen between me and Tina and our kids. And then it has to begin with our family. Here's the hard part. Sometimes your family's not going to understand why you love and honor the way you do. So that's why God connects you with this family to help encourage you to affect your biological family. You come to this house to get encouraged to affect them. But do you know how you affect them? By understanding I'm not going to become a prisoner of the ideas and opinions of the world. We want to show the world love the way Jesus did. Because that's going to be the answer for everything in all of our families. That's why Jesus came and gave his life. So let us do the same. Not just over Christmas. Every day. And I, I say this in all seriousness. I hope that I have been a leader. No matter where you're a part of me in my life. That you see me live a sacrificial life. That I lay down my life for others. So that you can find your path. Because in that I'm finding my path. Through each other we're finding a path of love. That will help change the world. Look at me. One person at a time. And tonight, I'm hoping one person in this room gets affected to love different tomorrow. Love their self and others different tomorrow. That's why Jesus came, so that the world could receive a love that they hadn't seen before. They had heard about a God on stone, but they never held a God in love. That's why he came, to have relationship. This thing is about relationship and not rules. This is about relationship and not rules. Amen. So at this time, Armin, if you'll come. This is where visitors get real nervous because you know who I am. There's about 25 people in this room praying right now. Don't call me out. <laughs> I got you to pray. Yvonne knew I was about to go to altar calls, so she went to the bathroom. She's like, I know this son of a gun. <laughs> he going to call me out. I'll wait till you come back. No. I, listen, I, I, I make a joke of that because when I do call people out, it does get embarrassing, but it's because love wants to talk to you. I've never called anybody out in my church in 20 years of ministry without your best interest in mind being you discover the love of God. And I know a lot of people have an opinion about me and how I do ministry. But one thing that I have learned over the last 20 years, especially the last six, is I have went through the dark night of the soul and I understand what humility is. And when I first received the call to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I had one thing in mind. To see people get saved, get healed, and get delivered of any bondage that didn't let them live their life to their fullest. Whether that be drugs, 
alcoholism, fear, insecurities. Because I have been through a journey. I have been through a journey of change, of testing, trials that led to a lot of victories. Led to a lot of victories. But there was a lot of days I felt defeated. But I'm thankful for a mom and dad who taught me the love of God. And I'm very thankful that I understand that love doesn't give up. And so I say it like this to anybody in the room. If there's an area in your life you feel like you're giving up, don't. Don't. There's a time to walk away from some things. And when you walk away from something, it should always be honorable. But man, I'm telling you, when you walk away from something that feels torn apart, reevaluate what's ripping you apart from something you love or someone you love. Why is that being ripped from you? What has happened? I know this. When it comes to separation, whether it's a marriage or a friendship, I have never seen a relationship that is 100% someone's fault, ever. If you follow the trail back, honor got lost somewhere. Honor got lost. And so I'm asking some of you to refind honor today. Refine honor for yourself. Refine honor for your marriage. Refine honor for your friendships. Refine honor for this church. Refine honor for the city you live in, for the state you live in, for the people you're in contact with, your coworkers. Parents, refine honor for your children. Children, refine honor for your parents. the Bible says the devil comes as a wolf in sheep's clothing he'll come and manipulate and try to tear things apart from you that you actually need people you actually need places you actually need so right now man the greatest thing we could do this holiday season is take a moment close our eyes focus lock in because you don't miss these moments. You don't miss these moments. When you hear a message like this, don't let this just be, wow, that was a good speech. That's not what preaching is. It's not what the gospel is. When the gospel comes forward, it's an opportunity for your heart to hear, to mend something, to bring you back to life. So any place that you feel like you're being ripped apart, let love come in and heal. Let love come in and heal. When love comes in and heals, it's not hard to say, I'm sorry. It's not hard to say, hey, I want to fix this. 
Even if someone is more in the wrong and they become an enemy, when love comes in, you're able to go back and reconcile. That's the gospel of Jesus. That's the love of God. May all of us hear the message of Jesus Christ today. That we receive love so that we can give love. And not live a life irritated and frustrated and depressed and anxious. God promised you through the life of Jesus an abundant life. A life full of joy, full of hope, full of peace. So God, we receive that life today. We receive a life of hope. We receive your life of peace. We receive, God, what you have for us in a future and a hope. Take this moment right now and grab the hand of the person next to you. Girls, I want you to go up there real quick and sing that peace on earth. Let there be peace on earth. That's a perfect way to end this tonight. Anywhere you're hurting, anywhere, I want you to let love come in and be the answer. And I know I talked about relationships and all these kind of different things. But I also know in this room that from the Biltznoff family to the Vile family, both families lost a mother, a matriarch. A peace that we feel like can't be replaced. But I'm here to tell you it can be. You know who replaces it? You. You. This is where the baton gets passed. Both Mary and Jim can fill those shoes. Both Curtis and Jesse can fill those shoes. I told the Legacy Academy, I watched my grandma pray for years with cancer for her family. Most all my mom's brothers and sisters watched this church. I've became the one who filled grandma's shoes. Whatever you need in your heart, whatever you need, whatever you need, just close your eyes and let these girls begin to sing. Wherever you need love to come in, where pain is, let it come in. Thank you for listening to this message from the Northgate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage. 